0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers the best of what's new in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. I'm Shanti Skiffington.
1: And hello, I'm Elliot Goldstein.
0: And we're your co-hosts. Today, we are welcoming Dr. Jim Kubik back to our podcast. Um, He's going to help us understand the data guiding Biogen's recent decision to revive its Alzheimer's therapy called aducanumab. Uh, Biogen had canceled its study for aducanumab earlier this spring. However, in October, Biogen announced its plans to submit it to the FDA for approval in 2020. Now, aducanumab is, uh, if approved, it would be the first therapy for Alzheimer's disease. And we touched upon this decision a bit in our last episode, episode 16, with Dr. Joanne Kaplan but we invited Jim on to our podcast so we could take a deeper dive into this um, unusual decision by Biogen, but very hopeful news for the Alzheimer's community. So, Jim, thank you for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for the invitation, and good day, everyone.
1: Hey, good day, Jim. Elliot here. Um, okay, so picking up on uh, Shanti's introduction, let's begin with an overview of what, what happened? Uh, for our lay audience, would you briefly outline the key steps in this story? Uh, how did Biogen go from a seemingly failed program to one that they plan to submit for FDA approval? Tell us, Jim. Yeah, well, this was um,
2: quite unexpected, but also, I think, um, quite a remarkable uh, advance for patients who have Alzheimer's disease. They announced on October 22nd that their original analysis for adicatamab was incorrect. That was the analysis that was announced in March uh, earlier this year. And on the basis of that announcement, they actually stopped and terminated the ongoing phase three studies. So this was a, quite um, a surprise, quite a turnaround. And I think all of us were
1: quite pleasantly
2: surprised by the news.
1: So, so, Jim, could you tell us a little bit more? What exactly happened? Uh, you know, sort of failed studies to positive studies. What, p- p- what was the story here? I understood they added more patients. The data was incomplete in the first analysis. Could you tell us a bit about that?
2: Oh, I will. They, they were conducting two phase three studies. One was called EMERGE and one was called Engage. ENGAGE. And both of these studies were identical. They had 1,600 patients in each of patients who had Alzheimer's disease. A 78-week study, about a year and a half. They started these studies in 2015. Well, they had planned to do what is called an interim analysis for futility, and they decided in December that they had enough data in order to conduct this interim analysis. Well, at that point, they had enough data on about 50% of their patients, some 1,600 patients out of almost 3,300 patients. They had enough data in order to conduct this interim analysis. And at that point, they said, you know, the chance that our studies are going to be positive are so low that we need to halt these studies for futility. They, at that time, made that decision. They said that they would ultimately bring the data to the scientific community at a large conference to share the data. And so everyone thought that in this upcoming meeting in December, it's it's called the CTAD meeting, that they would in fact reveal the data at that point. Well, we did not know that they were continuing to analyze the additional data that came in after that December cutoff point. And once they had the data from all the patients, they realized that the eMERGE study was quite positive. That was the announcement that they had on October 22nd, and they had already met with the FDA on two occasions. And as Shanti alluded to earlier, they've decided that they're going to submit an application for marketing approval to the FDA early next year based upon this very positive data from the emerge study supportive data from the engage study and supportive data from their earlier phase 1b study that was reported in 2015
1: so that's the story got it okay so um if if approved, Jim, uh, aducanumab, Biogen's drug, uh, uh, it's it's an antibody product, as you know. Aducanumab would be the first disease modifying treatment for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, yes. which would mm-hmm. yeah? Would you kindly explain to our listeners why Alzheimer's has been such an elusive challenge for researchers, for drug developers in the industry, in academia around the world? Why it's been such an elusive challenge for researchers working on potential therapy?
2: Well. For the last two decades, we've seen literally a hundred different studies. Some of them very large, fail. And the question is, why did aducanumab, the MERGE study, why was that successful, and many of the other ones failed? And the, and the answer is that all the other investigational compounds that were being tested, many of which were antibodies, they were actually targeting the wrong molecular species of amyloid beta or A-beta. We know that aducanumab not only binds plaque in the brain, but it also binds what I'll call the smoking gun of beta amyloid, which is the oligomer. The oligomers are the toxic species of amyloid. And adicatamab is partially selective for oligomers. So this study was a positive study. Uh, we ex- many of us expected it to be positive based upon the earlier data we had seen from phase 1b. We were quite surprised in March with the futility announcement but then pleasantly surprised with the most recent announcement, which I think for many of us who have worked in this field for a long period of time, substantiated our our suspicion that this was actually going to be one of the first drugs that showed a disease-modifying effect in patients with Alzheimer's disease.
1: And Jim, specifically in the trials, what's this disease-modifying effect or clinically relevant effect that we're seeing? Because we know with the Older drugs, like the transmission enhancers, they gave sort of a short-term, six, nine months um, symptomatic uh, slowing, if you like, but didn't affect the underlying disease. What did we actually see in the aducanumab uh, emergent-engaged trials that really gives us this hope? Yeah.
2: um, A lot of people, when they hear the phrase disease-modifying therapy, they suspect, they think that it may, in fact, reverse the the Alzheimer's disease, that people may, in fact, go back to normal. Or they may think that it will completely stop the disease process in its tracks. What actually occurred in the adicatamab study is that patients were worsening, as they all do who have Alzheimer's disease. And what adicatamab does is it reduces the amount of worsening cognition over time. Uh, This is why I think the company can rightly claim that adicatamab is a disease-modifying therapy and and not merely a treatment for symptomatic improvement.
1: Okay, I see. Um, And and in terms of the trial itself, um, what sort of results were seen on, you know, those disease rating scales, which are widely used? Um, What do we actually see as sort of this... um, better response if you like compared to the placebo uh, patients yeah. give us some yeah. details yeah.
2: yeah so there the all phase three studies will incorporate many different types of cognitive and functional measurement scores uh, in this study in particular which is a study that enrolled patients with early Alzheimer's disease a particular measurement called CDR sum of boxes which uh-huh everybody in the research community knows and understands quite well. That was utilized as its primary endpoint. There were also other secondary endpoints that were incorporated in the protocol and conducted and evaluated during the course of the study. And in the the eMERGE study, at the end of a year and a half, patients who had been on a high dose of adicatumab, they had a 23% reduction in the worsening of the CDR sum of boxes. This was statistically positive. It is clinically meaningful, but it also suggests that there's some significant room for improvement in the future for next-generation antibodies that target amyloid.
0: Well, I was just wondering if we could talk about these, this next generation because Biogen's news is not only hopeful for the community because aducanumab would be a first disease-modifying treatment, but it also, this good news halo effect kind of extends beyond this first treatment for Alzheimer's because it opens up uh, the opportunity for this next generation of drugs. Can you you elaborate on this point?
2: Well, that's what I was alluding to before, and that's why I think this uh, Emerge studies real game changer, for both for patients as well as the research community. Uh, antibodies can have different levels of potency, uh, different levels of selectivity for the oligomer. And I alluded to that a little bit earlier. Atacatamab is partially selective for oligomers, but let's say that you have an antibody that is quite selective for just the oligomers and does not bind plaque in the brain. It's the binding of the plaque that actually produces the side effects that are all that are concerning to us. This is swelling of the brain. And this is why with atacatamab they really couldn't push the dose as high as they would have liked in order to get a big, big clinical benefit. They had to hold it down to a certain level because there was all this brain swelling that occurred amongst about 35% of the patients who received adicatamab in their clinical study. So they couldn't go up higher in any doses. But the next generation of antibodies, if they are in fact more selective, uh, they should in fact produce a much larger clinical benefit, but without these side effects, without the side effect of brain swelling.
1: So, so Jim, um, just picking up on that, um, one expert in the field uh, who's very familiar with these, uh, you know, these programs, of course, told me aducanumab, based on the data you've, you know, you've outlined and we've all been, you know, watching the last few weeks, aducanumab is approvable. Um, the unmet need is so high, there's nothing available, and the drug is showing benefit, although of, say, a moderate level. So, th- the phrase is, it's approvable, but improvable. So, what would be the key features you would look for? I think you described some of them. In an improved version, a second generation, as Shanti just referred to, what are we really looking for?
2: And so, I mentioned a few seconds ago that uh, the the Adacadamab data set showed a 23% reduction right, yeah. in this particular clinical measurement that, that worsens over time in patients who have Alzheimer's disease. So, let's say that you had a drug that was far more selective. Well, then you should not see the brain swelling as a side effect. And number two, your treatment effect should be much greater than 23%, hopefully 50%, 75%, something like that. So there's a lot of room for improvement for the next generation of antibodies that are targeting this, this, um, this species of beta amyloid that we call oligomers.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so part of the key to the next generation, as you're saying, and I think many would agree, um, is, is having antibodies or small molecule drugs or vaccines for that matter, but next generation opportunities that allow to avoid completely the limitations of aducanumab, which will be a very helpful drug on its own, obviously, but avoid those limitations and and do even better. So since we're talking about therapies and what might be coming down the pike, we talked about second generation. Um, As you know, Jim, and to our knowledge, most, if not almost all chronic diseases are treated by a cocktail of therapies. So in Alzheimer's, in addition to say root cause treatment Targeting the toxic misfolded form of amyloid, these toxic oligomers, are there other complementary approaches to treating Alzheimer's you'd like to mention?
2: Well, yeah, I think that's a really important point, Elliot, that you mentioned. When you think about chronic illnesses, um, think about different types of cancer or cardiovascular illnesses, almost always uh, in these areas, combination therapy is used or a cocktail of therapies are used in order to have the maximum benefit in patients with those diseases. I have to assume and agree with you that the same will be true for Alzheimer's disease in the years ahead. I mean, the Atacatamab data set, and if it was approved, will completely change the way in which we think about Alzheimer's disease, treat Alzheimer's disease, and when the next generation of compounds, be they either uh, new antibodies or drugs that work on other aspects of the pathology that we see in Alzheimer's disease, for example, antibodies that are targeting the tau protein, which is also misfolded in Alzheimer's disease, or drugs that focus on the inflammatory changes that are produced by these misfolded proteins. A combination of these different types of drugs may in fact provide a a very strong treatment benefit uh, that is... um, Um, quite measurable, quite large, but also quite sustained too in over a number of years. And that's the hope. And that's the goal for, for those of us that do drug development.
0: So, Jim, we like to end every podcast with a view into the timeline for, you know, not only some of these early stage things that are coming down the pike, but you know, a view into how long this patient community has to wait. So uh, this is just your opinion, but what's your view?
2: So I think um, if, in fact, Biogen does submit their application for marketing approval uh, early next year, let's call it by the April timeframe, the uh, FDA will probably take about nine months or so to do their complete internal analysis of all the different data Uh, that Biogen has submitted to them for review. They'll come to their own conclusions. I suspect that in early 2021, they will call for an advisory committee review of the Biogen data sets. And if, in fact, uh, the data is strong, the advisory committee is supportive. Uh, The FDA could, in fact, approve adacatamab as a marketed therapy as early as uh, 2021. Um the other drugs that are currently in development will probably, if, if they're successful, reach the marketplace a few years after that. Um, Elliot had already asked me about combination therapy, and certainly they will be um, those new drugs, those new investigational drugs will be quite important there. Um, one of the things that I think will change in the next couple of years is how quickly we decide that drugs are potentially effective. Um, many of the drugs that have been tested over the last few years, we don't actually know if they're potentially effective until oftentimes late in development. So, late phase two, even into phase three, um, we don't know if they're effective. Uh, but things are changing quite rapidly because of the availability of blood-based and CSF-based biomarkers that truly reflect in a much more, I think, um, granular way the underlying pathology that is uh, going on in the brain and that causes the progression of Alzheimer's disease. So we have these biomarkers, and I think in early clinical development, we can actually use these biomarkers to know, yeah, this drug really looks like it has great promise. Let's move it along very quickly and and spend the time, effort, and uh, the dollars necessary to test this compound uh, in order to move it through uh, the development pipeline and get it to the agency as quickly as possible. So, the next five to 10 years are going to be quite dramatic in terms of uh, both drugs that are available to treat Alzheimer's disease, but also the rapidity with which we can um, assess their uh, their their efficacy and their safety too.
0: I think that's a very important point. And, you know, this has been a really hard year for the Alzheimer's community with Biogen canceling their aducanumab program. And in in a sense, pulling the plug on all the second generation programs that were coming behind it, which all suffered because of that early decision, which in effect they reversed uh, in late October, thankfully. But with biomarkers, I think what you're suggesting is we could potentially avoid this whole thing from happening in the future because we'd know with 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 a fair amount of confidence early on whether we should be progressing a candidate or not, and I think that is excellent news. And as you mentioned, bodes well for the future. Um, so we, we really appreciate you coming on to our podcast to talk about what has really been landmark news for the Alzheimer's community um, at the end of what's been a very tough year. And uh, we hope you'll visit us again, perhaps after CTAD, when Biogen announces more detail on these important data surrounding aducanumab.
2: Well, thanks a lot, Shanti and Elliot, for the invitation. It was, uh, it was uh, great to join you again.
1: Our pleasure, Jim. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jim.